Is Hello. Hello. I am. Can you hear me? Okay, we're back. Yeah. Oh, okay, let's try this again and let's see if we can get through about 15 to 20 minutes. Um, I'll do a welcoming okay. you to the podcast. And, uh, and you, uh, and then, you know, I'll kind of do a quick frame of today is Texas and and then kind of talk just briefly about some things going on. Okay. Um, okay, I can hear you better now. It faded out on my end. Um, if if this guy calls him, right. I can call him it's back, good. I guess. Yeah. Okay. All right. Go ahead. And, yeah. Uh, we'll try to get through it as quickly as can. As we can. So. Yeah. Uh, no worries. Welcome. No worries. Welcome. All right. So welcome to another uh, podcast of the Full Circle uh, today. We're talking about uh, what's going on, and that uh, that title I chose because it's from one of my favorite songs, one of my favorite R&B recording artists, socially uh, awoke <laughs> recording artist Marvin Gaye, recorded in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, I believe. But what's going on really uh, encapsulated the sign of the times in terms of the turbulence that was going on uh, during that time. And as, a, as an artist, you saw it just for his standpoint, uh, asking that, that quintessential question, are we aware of things that are going on around us? And if so, how are we uh, involving ourselves in what way? So uh, today's podcast, what's going on? I have a very special guest, uh, who I technically refer to as Dr. I. And she introduced <laughs> as well, but she's uh, not only a colleague, but a dear friend. And so today we're gonna talk uh, about uh, what's going on. And and because today is June 19th or otherwise known as Juneteenth, uh, is the official slash unofficial end of slavery. Uh, actually the proclamation, uh, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed in 1863, um, about two and a half years later, um, and it, it, it Became more official when uh, the, the Texas <clears throat> governor established, or I should say, Union General established that uh, all the slaves were free at that time. It still took, even after that, a trickling uh, of, of events to happen because the last official slave was free sometime in December or later that year. Nonetheless, June 19th uh, has uh, annually and traditionally been uh, regarded as the the slavery in African-American circles uh, across the country. It has been celebrated in various ways, often uh, emanating from courage gathering, but much more frequently, or recently, I should say, uh, just, you know, a broader cross-section of uh, the Black community and, and others, for sure. has uh, taken on special significance in particular this week, uh, interestingly enough. Uh, the POTUS has decided to do uh, kick off his coronavirus <coughs> laying uh, uh, rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, originally uh, slated for this day, uh, today. He pushed it back graciously one day, a uh, bit of him. And it just so happens that Tulsa, a city that I visited a few times, is also the site in 1921 of one of the worst racial in our country's history as well, or a place uh, in Greenwood, uh, section of Tulsa, known as Black Wall Street, was raised and several 
several hundred black uh, women, uh, men, women, and children were, were slaughtered uh, by the white citizens at that time. Um, and, and so we won't talk about that, uh, but it is, it is sort of a significant backdrop as, as we talk about other things that are happening. The last thing I want to mention about what happened this week is that we know that SCOTUS had uh, handed down a landmark decision uh, earlier this week, uh, making it illegal to discriminate against uh, someone because of their sexual orientation or uh, their sexual identification. Uh, 26 states had already had such laws, but it's just amazing that it wasn't already something that was uh, unlawful. So again, very interesting times that we're living in, to say the least. A whole lot going on, but I'm asking my dear friend, what's going on? What's on your mind? Okay. So where to start? I don't know. Well, you and I were talking about how there's just, it doesn't seem like there's any language for what's going on in the world right now. So it's like this ineffable, I don't know, like it feels like trauma in a way that sort of like we can't process it like higher order processing mm -hmm. you don't have the words mm -hmm. for it yet you know and I think mm -hmm. it kind of holds us holds us collectively like captive and kind of frozen mm -hmm. in place with what's going on you know uh, that, that is uh, that is an interesting uh, take uh, and, and it's uh, interesting as well when you think about uh, and I just thought about it in terms of just how you said that uh, when we have a when we when we oftentimes when we have a loss of words we act, right? A lot of times when we, we can't mm -hmm. express ourselves uh, verbally, uh, we tend to act out in, 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 in certain ways. So, and again, when you, when you take into uh, consideration what's going on with the protests, if you will, we see a lot of physical violence, we see a lot of uh, property destruction, we see a lot of very, uh, you know, dem demonstrable uh, expressions because we may not be able to adequately give voice and words to what we are, what we see happening. It, 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 it's interesting to do the juxtaposition of our trauma. Clearly, we all know and witnessed what happened to George Floyd uh, for those eight minutes and eight minutes and forty six seconds, where we all in horror watched his life snuffed out. That is indeed traumatic. That's a collective trauma that we all experience, and many of us lacking the proper words to be able to express that are acting out. So I, I, I really, really like that, that, that perspective. I hadn't really thought about it like that before, but, but I think that may be some of what's happening. What do you think? Yeah. Well, you also made me think about, you know, the people that did find their words that day that were, you know, yelling at the police and, and you know, stating out loud, like, get off of him, leave him alone. Like, there were words there, but they weren't listened mm -hmm, to. Mm -hmm. So what does that, what does that mm -hmm. mean? They, they don't matter? It's like... It's, I, I mean, yeah. I have a hard time, you know, explaining it myself, but it just seemed like the words didn't matter. It didn't hold any weight that people were doing what they were going to do. And it, I think that's horrifying. It is. It is horrifying. I, uh, again, I like to say that that theme of trauma, you know, when we experience trauma of any sort, and, and you and I, um, full disclosure to my listeners who aren't aware, we, we are both uh, mental health professionals. Uh, Dr. I, a psychologist, myself, a licensed clinical social worker. So we have years of experience in working with, you know, people who've experienced a trauma with individuals and couples and families who've experienced trauma. And so uh, we definitely appreciate um, how trauma affects us both on a personal level as well as on uh, a collective level. 
And so I think as we think about how we fix trauma and treat trauma, we, uh, when we do the kinds of therapy to help people process trauma, we do. We do that with the narrative therapy, we do, uh, other kinds of cognitive processing, processing therapy and ways of helping them put language and voicing to their experiences because they're so, they're so, uh, they're so uh, traumatizing, obviously. They're so uh, dissonant right. in terms of their psyche that you, you, you lose words. And so from the person experiences, you, you, you don't really have a way to, to effectively weave those stories. But as you said, people who are on the ground where you were yelling and, and saying stop, and as we know, language uh, altogether is, is a convention, and it, and it only has meaning if people agree that this is the meaning, right? Right, <laughs> and That's how right. we take on meaning. Like, you and I have to agree that language develops, right? Okay, we agree that it means the same thing. But just like you said, that cop and those cops were not hearing what the people on the ground were saying because they weren't they weren't getting the fact that they were murdering a man that they not only that they were doing it, that they somehow felt uh entitled to be able to do that irrespective of what was being said right and then there's you know news and everything people are discussing you know like these cops that didn't say anything and and it makes me think about who has the power to say something like who has the power that when they say something, they are listened to, and who doesn't have that power? Right. Yeah. That's that's that. And yeah, because in 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 the, in the wake of this, as we're seeing the protests uh, continue even till today. It's been over three weeks now. Yeah. Uh, people are trying to uh, trying to take back that power. People are trying to assert their own power, their own voice, and they're doing it. And I applaud them. I'm, I, I have been a part of, uh, in my way, uh, trying to uh, also raise up that, that voice. But you're right, I think uh, what we've also come to kind of appreciate a lot more uh, is, uh, across the entire landscape is, is, just as you said, who has that power? And mm-hmm. better define what that power is and how it looks. And one of the terms that's, that's been bandied about a lot, and it's not something new, we've all known about this, and, you know, now it's just on various levels across the centuries, is this notion of white privilege. And what does that mean? And how does that translate into uh, systemic racism and then individual uh, uh, power uh, when you see it exacted uh, upon people of color and others, for sure, but it, as, a, as a power construct. So I think you're right. I think... Um, people, uh, even though they were speaking loud, and there were numbers of them, their mm-hmm. power was seemingly neutralized vis-a-vis the, the privilege, white or otherwise, the privilege that these officers felt they right. had uh, and that they had. Exactly. And maybe that's why the visual, like, visual modes are so powerful, because people had their phones out, like they were, they were recording. Mm-hmm. It's like unbelievable mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then you see that, and it just sort of hits you in a, in a different way, yeah. yeah. It does, and, and you're right. It, the power of the cell phone, you know, the ubiquitous cell phone, right? Yeah. Uh, it, because we, we know this has happened many, many times, right? And in fact, since this death, and I know you've been aware of this, you've seen some of this, there have been many other accounts that have happened, you know, months or years ago. There were almost a mirror image of this George Floyd incident, but because people mm-hmm. were right there and they were filming it, not only did they broadcast it, you know, across this country, Look at the effect that it's having across the world. You have people, right. people the entire world 
protest it because they they've seen it. They've seen this 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 horrific act take place in real time. Yeah, and I wonder for like the international kind of um, sphere that you're talking about, like I wonder, you know, what that represents to them, like people that are far removed from the sort of like the exact, you know, content or context of. They're in a different country and like, is this about powerlessness? Is this about, there's just so many layers, like, I know we always talk about it. it. I'm just trying to understand it. Yeah. No, it is a lot to understand. It's a lot to take in. And you're, and you're right. I'd love to see, you know, and, and to try to understand more uh, as, as the days and the weeks pass, as you said, how are other countries processing this? How are they making sense of this? And what does it mean? I, I think, you know, just because you posed the question, it pops in my mind that I think, uh, among other things, that it is exactly, it is, it's doing exactly kind of what you pointed to earlier. It's calling out and speaking truth to power and the power truths, the power uh, structures that exist. I think that's going to have a reverberating effect on how that power is not only drawn along uh, racial lines, ethnic racial lines, but also along economic lines. And I think that's just been so long, uh, you know, coming. Yeah. And, and I think you see that. I think you see some, um, you see the, 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 the bristling of that coming up, I believe, uh, across, across the globe. Right. Yeah. I was thinking too, like it sort of, it seems like this um, kind of like a juxtaposition, like we see such abuse of power right now. And then we see mm-hmm. such lack of power or, you know, with it just so it's so, I guess it's so profound. Maybe I'm getting old, but it, it just seems like mm-hmm. so visible right now. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it is visible. And I think it's, it just, it seems, you know, they, you know the saying is that everything, everything uh, old, is, everything new is old again. Everything old is new again. You know, it's right. kind of like it, it certainly feels like, um, you know, from a historical, you know, look back, you know, what was going on during the '60s, right, and how all of those mm-hmm. times kind of converged. You know, that you had the Vietnam War, you had the Civil Rights Movement, you had sort of this, this, this changing of the guard, this shaking of the status quo. It kind of is reminiscent of that. You, you think. And I mean, and of course, that was, you know, the free love movement, the hippie, those things going on at that time. And it seems kind of like, you know, history repeating itself in that way and just sort of we're on the verge of some kind of transformation or shift. Uh huh. Yeah. Like a, tra- like you said, transformation, like so, so, sort of social, social transformation. Right. Like it's like there's no other choice, though. Like it has to, something has to right. change. You can't go back. You can't go back. I think it's, I think we <laughs> no. just, you know, we, you can't, can't, can't go back to the way it was. And I don't, and I feel like, you know, there have been like over the years, and I've shared with you, I won't go into details about it now, but my own uh, experiences as a, as, a, as a black male who encountered uh, incidents with the police uh, that I know were fueled uh, by racist, uh, probably attitudes and certainly actions. And so, you know, I lived that, you know, most of my life and, and, and every other black person, certainly black male I know, probably recount stories as well. I say that to say, you know, and we and we keep uh, moving forward. You know, we, we do what we need to do to resolve the matter and move forward. But it, but to, to see this sort of movement that has emerged out of this, uh, out of the tragic death of George Floyd, it seems like this is something that's sustainable. It certainly gives me hope that there may be some sustainable effort towards making change. 
Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll see, and I think we'll be talking about this. Uh, yeah. But I wonder. I wonder too, as as, as, as I mentioned in the intro. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, as I mentioned in the intro, I mean, I think you know, again, because I wanted to make this link to what the decision that SCOTUS uh, handed down this week too, because to me, I I, I see sort of a tone and a, a tonal, as well as a, a sociological connection between these things. What what do you what do you, what is your take on how that uh, maybe will affect the social political landscape? I guess it seems more intensified, right? Because we're coming up on an election. Yeah. So it seems like, it seems to me that people need to make decisions. And right. a lot of us are pretty ambivalent. And I right. think, I mean, I'm not, I'm not African-American, right? But I think right. that people have joined certain causes and, and this sure. cause, like, there's no other choice but to try to help out or, or lend a hand or lend a voice or whatever, um, yeah. you know, to try to be present for people that it's just blatant injustice. So it's like, it how is, can yeah. you sit on the yeah. sidelines, you know? Well, it, like, exactly. But just like I was saying earlier, I can't believe that. I mean, the, 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 the Supreme Court decision to, uh, you know, uh, ban discrimination against the LGBTQ community and at work. Seems, I mean, at once is it was it was celebratory, but also unbelievable that we're in 2020 and we're just getting there. And again, I, I link that I, I draw a link to that decision and to this this other you know uh, movement and protests that's going on in the wake of the George Floyd death. I see these as, as intimately connected. And to your point about you know lending voice, that happens across lines. This should be something we as Black Lives Matter, you know, in the mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter movement. Are championing as well. That this is this this is this is uh, resonates with with us uh, and with with our struggle because it's all a, a part of one giving voice to people who have been marginalized and oppressed, but also to uh, changing and upending the power structure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, there's there's people I work with, and they don't they don't know that I'm gay. And right, it's like, right, right. you know, you get that thing where people make a comment and then you're kind of as right. the other person, you're kind of like, should I say something exactly. or right, should I, right. <laughs> you know, especially right. at work, that context is right. so loaded. Like if I say something, it, it is like, yeah. yeah, it is loaded. So do you, yeah. do you well, that's interesting. And thanks for, for sharing. I mean, and talking about that, but I'm, I'm wondering, do, do you feel any different now or does this, is this something that now you can feel like you can have that voice because. You, you made a comment that, you know, um, I was talking about with some other, some other colleagues at work about, you know, what happens uh, when, if you're not African-American, you hear somebody make a racial joke, you know, directed at African-American. Okay. You know, if you're not, and this other person happened to be a person of color, and he was saying he was in a situation like that, and he was livid, but he didn't feel like he had the power to say anything, you know, and when... Uh, uh. When when we when 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 my colleague was saying, well, you know, it would be just like if you know, and he happened he happens to be a, a gay man as well, and he was saying we we use the analogy that you know if somebody stood up and you know said something that we would have a responsibility to call that out in real time, you know, if they were disparaging, you know, gay right. guys, and we wanted to say that, and he and he said, wow, you know, I never took that perspective about it, but that makes sense. But I totally understood his sense of feeling like in that moment he he was kind because of, he knew the people that he was he was with he, he right felt huge, you know outnumbered and he felt like he could 
have been socially silenced, if you will. So, yeah, um, it's like, yeah. No, go ahead. It, and it's like, there's no space to say anything sometimes because, you oh, know, yeah. like you, you've sort of, you feel backed into a corner, but then you're like, but you're not really an alliance. You're not really an ally, rather, if you don't say something. But yeah, there's this, I guess what you're saying, like sort of a disempowered kind of sense of yeah. disempowerment. And that's why I yeah. say there's a link between what 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 the Black Lives Matter, if you will, mm-hmm. movement. Listen, you know, for for just kind of you know generalizing sort of the struggle for uh, racial equality and the LGBTQ movement, if you will, that there's a link, there's a connection, yeah. there's, a, there's a sort of uh, semblance in terms of what it is that that our, our all of our needs to, to to both get have our voices heard and and be allies. And when it made me think of that quote, I sent it out to some of my colleagues uh, yesterday, those same colleagues that we were having that discussion about. Uh, it was a quote from, mm-hmm. uh, I'll find it and tell you, um, it's called First Day Came from Communists. I know you heard or heard of it. And it, it was a quote, it, it's a tribute to a Jewish uh, concentration camp survivor. And he said, well, first they came for uh, the socialists and uh, first they, I'm sorry, first they came for the, the communists, but I was not a communist. So I did not speak out. Then they came for the socialists and the trade unions, but I was not one of them, so I did not speak out. Then they came for the Jews, but I was not Jewish, so I did not speak out. And when they came for me, there was no one left to speak out to me. And, uh, you know, it's just, it, 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 it kind of, to me, summarizes how we have that collective responsibility to each other to help give voice because we know uh, nothing, uh, power can seize nothing without join our voices together if we, we can uh, up, in, uh, uh, up in that power structure and bring it down. Yeah. You know, this is also, I think it was on the 15th of June was when that, um, the nightclub shooting at Pulse, the one in Orlando happened. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. It was, yep. Uh, you know, it's, and, and I- it's like our benchmarks, you know, for, for marking time are, our tragedy yeah. and traumas, it sucks. Yeah. It Sorry, does. It, it does. Yeah, no, it doesn't. We have too many of them. We have way too many of them, right? And that's and that's exactly yeah. why, you know, we need to be resolute in terms of not letting this moment quiet down without change, you know. So I'm glad to see the protests continuing. I'm glad to see the, the landmark decisions that have come down. Uh, there was another decision that just came, I believe, yesterday about the uh, deferred action for childhood arrival, and that's another of uh, uh, communities mm-hmm. of color uh, whose voices uh, have been marginalized and muted. And so I, I, I don't know, you know, I don't ever want to get overly excited, you know, because I know just how <laughs> difficult it is to, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> wrest power from those who want to have it forever. But uh, but uh, but the voices are being heard. You know, mm-hmm. that, that, that are song about the Marvin Gaye saying so many years ago, what's going on? It's this brother, brother, you know, are you, are you, a, come, are you, come, are you aware sort of what's going on? In, you know, mm-hmm. do about it? So I, I'm, I'm excited at least about that. And I'm excited to know that, you know, um, you know, your voice is, 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 is being heard. Uh, my voice is being heard. Our voices are being heard. And, and we won't be silent. You know, I think this is a moment 
I think it's more than a moment. I think it's a movement that I have, we have to capture the moment to ensure this. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's some there's some space now for 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 the language for the words that we want to find. We like we don't have them. Right. They're not perfect, but we're yeah. finding them. And there's there's just more space for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, and I like the way you phrase it. I, I want to keep that theme as you know, come come to a close here. I want to keep that theme as certainly in my mind, not as a way of of not only just making sense of kind of what's going on, but indeed to make uh, a useful impact that we, that it's important for us to to create a language, a language that speaks to power, and a language that will be uh, heard loudly and clearly. And that will not be able to be ignored, like uh, they ignored uh, the voices that called for them to, to stop killing George Floyd uh, on uh, mm-hmm. Memorial Day, twenty uh, twenty. Yeah, well, thanks for inviting me to talk because it's not often we get to have these conversations, and they're really important. Right. Well, I'm I'm happy that I can have you. It's thank you. <laughs> we'll we'll have to do this again, and thank you for your time. I know you're super busy. And um, just keep doing all of the great yeah. things that you do. And, and keep being, keep being my friend and uh, promise me you'll join me again. Yeah, likewise. Like these, these are more than important. These are critical conversations, right? Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, you be Thanks, well. Sean. And we will connect again okay. soon. Okay. Okay. Peace. Bye.